a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth. So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not going to stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people. On RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. It's the Tuesday night edition of the show on a Monday afternoon. Good evening and good afternoon, Diane. Good evening and good afternoon, Craig. <laughs> you know, folks, there's a reason why we're doing this on a Monday afternoon instead of a Tuesday night. Normally, we would be live, 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 live on a Tuesday night. However, up here in north-central Nebraska, we are expecting a major blizzard coming in late tonight and extending through Wednesday. Oh, dear. Well, that's what you get for living where you do. Right now, it's about 75 degrees here. Beautiful sun, nice balmy breeze, paradise in South Florida. Well, up here, we're expected to get up to a foot of snow with winds blowing, gusting at 55 miles an hour, beginning at about 11 o'clock tonight, like I said, going through uh, probably Wednesday morning, early Wednesday morning. Now, when that happens, there's a good chance we could lose power uh, right. up here. Um, it's going to start with freezing rain, which means power lines and tree limbs and all that get icy. And then we get a big, heavy, wet snow on top of that, and we could snap some power lines. Mm-hmm. So because of that, we figured, let's go ahead and cut the show on a Monday afternoon. Uh, that way, we don't have to worry about it. We'll run it tomorrow night at our scheduled time, but that all depends on the weather and the power. Now, if we lose power, we'll just put it up as a podcast, and you'll have to go from there. Right, and that will happen on Wednesday early in the morning. I'll get up the podcast, but Craig... Maybe the, you know, the weather gods will allow it to go through tomorrow. We'll yeah, see. It, it's all possible. We, we never right. know when we get this kind of weather uh, what we might be in for. Um, they've been forecasting this for about three days now. And that's kind of odd because normally they, we don't get that much warning when we're going to get a, a big storm like this. But uh, this one has developed and it's coming in from the uh, west and southwest and, and working its way up through us and, and 
parts of the Dakotas and parts of Colorado and Wyoming and Montana and Minnesota. And, I mean, this this is kind of a monster uh, blizzard. So, you know, we, we just take precautions. We batten down the hatches and, uh, you know, we're not weather weenies like those people down in South Florida. Hey, after what happened with Ian... You cannot call us weather weenies anymore because oh. we are building back at lightning speed. Thank you, Governor DeSantis. And, you know, you get an occasional blizzard like that, but we're subject to possible hurricanes, you know, six months out of the year. You know, I, I see, building back in record time, that has nothing to do with being a weather weenie. If you didn't do it, you would be a construction weenie. Uh, obviously, you're not construction weenies, but here's the deal. See, you people down there in South Florida, if it gets down to 50 degrees, we're putting on parkas and mucklucks. Well, of course, because our blood is thinner. Right. That's a known medical truth, folks, whether the conspirators want to believe it or not. When you live most of your life in the South, your blood is thinner than Northerners. And the technical medical term for that is weather weenies. <laughs> you know what i'll think of you as i'm laying by the pool and you're shoveling your driveway how's you, that you know i might just be outside barbecuing <laughs> knowing you in your hawaiian shirt you probably will <laughs> i probably will folks we've got a good show for you coming up here uh diane you're going to be talking about in defense of the constitution yes and i'm a strict constitutionalist. If any changes need to be made, they need to go through the process. I'm going to be talking about the tyranny of the Twitterati tonight. And, of course, mm. that deals with the Elon Musk uh, Twitter files. Right. Part one and two, I believe, is what you're going to deal with, right? Yeah. And this is more in generalities. Uh, when we come back from our Christmas break, I'll have a more in-depth look at it because... By then, we'll have a lot more information. We have more information now than we had when I wrote the article. But, yeah. um, you know, as, as we get more information over the next couple of weeks, I'll be putting something together uh, that's maybe a little bit more of an in-depth look. And that reminds me, uh, we have the Tuesday night show tonight, and we have the Friday night show, and then you and I are on Christmas break. Right, and we've done this every uh, year, folks. This is not anything new. We've done it ever since we partnered up almost 10 years ago because we want to spend time with family and friends, and people aren't, you know, that tuned in to going online during these two weeks because people have lives outside well, of, you know, their computers. It's, it's a busy time for everybody, including us, yes. and so we'll take a couple of weeks off. Right. And um, when we come back on our January 3rd show, I'm going to be talking not specific. Well, it is specifically about the Grenier Bout chain uh, trade, but it has to do with these traitorous types of trades have happened by four, before and have happened due to Biden's puppet master. Now, that could be Grenier Bout or Griner Boot. Take your oh, whatever! I she she so disgusts me. I just I I don't know what to call her 
anymore. I I know. That's that's why I say take your pick, folks. Yeah. You know, he, but that's, she, it, they, whatever. <laughs> them, they, yeah, whatever. Uh, let's start with some quick hitters. And just to get your and my geek on, uh, let's start mm-hmm. with science. Uh, U.S. scientists out in California seem to have made a breakthrough in the arena of nuclear fusion. This is the first time, as we understand it, that they have been able to get more energy out of a nuclear fusion um, reaction than they've put into it. And that's a major thing. Right. It's a major thing from anyone that understands the need for this kind of energy. Nuclear and fusion energy are the wave of the future. However, the Democrats will never allow this because this is, you know, dangerous stuff, folks. But The experts know how to deal with it, but when you get politicians involved in it, it's not going to end well. In fact, I wrote an article about this as a possibility a few months ago. You know, nuclear fusion is an interesting cat. Um, Mm -hmm. Scientists have been looking at this as a possibility since about 1955, and it, it really is the power of the sun, contained and Mm -hmm. you know what you get with nuclear fusion is you get a whole lot of if 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 they can perfect it you get a whole lot of power and absolutely no carbon footprint and you have no hazardous nuclear material left over you know with with nuclear fission you have spent fuel rods and those have to be handled very carefully with fusion, mm-hmm. you don't have that. You don't have any of that. But the problem with the the fusion is, and the thing that I foresee the Democrats seeing, is just a small cup of hydrogen fuel can potentially power a house for hundreds of years, which is a positive. But the power involved, if something goes wrong, just from a small cup of fusion... Uh, hydrogen fuel basically could be catastrophic and i don't think our politicians have the guts to even try it you think you know like uh the meltdown in japan or or chernobyl were a big deal wait till you see what would happen if something happened to hydrogen fuel you know who else is going to oppose it who the fuel lobby is going to oppose it because it's if you know these are the big ifs if it can be perfected right it it is a virtual free source of energy it's not going to cost very much uh the the people that produce still have to convert it it would still have to be converted you don't just point to the sun and say here's my energy everything has to be converted and and there are prices the price monies that are involved in order to do the conversion. And then you've got to basically plumb homes and businesses to accept it. It's not for free. Well, no, I, I never said it was free. You know, what What I said was it's virtually that way because, you know, you, you get a little bit of this going and you don't have to replenish it hardly ever. Um, you know, if, 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 if trust me, folks, if... You know, that, that's the key word in this whole 
quick hitters if if they can get this thing going it's going to be decades i mean decades it could be another 50 60 years before we see any practical application of it but this could go the way of tesla uh and i'm not talking about the car i'm talking about nikolai tesla um right you know the the government could take a look at this thing go oh no oh no we can't have this and and just shut it down because it makes too much sense it makes it makes too much sense it's too clean it doesn't give them the chance to basically put their two cents in and turn it into a business operation that the government capitalizes off of exactly it, it this will not happen I'm not even saying 50, 60 years. I'm saying like 100 years from now before something like this is practical and in use. But who knows what's going to happen in the time frame between. This is something great on paper. This is great. It's proven. It would work. But I don't think it's anything our government would be interested in doing. They're afraid of nuclear plants. Can you imagine this? Well, I, I think the bigger danger here is rich people like Warren Buffett would not be able to get gain tax credits off of nuclear oh, fusion true. the way they can off of wind and solar. You know, and, and I mean, it, ask yourselves this before we move on, folks. With, with a uh, a zero carbon energy source on the horizon. Why is it that the government is not pouring billions and billions of dollars into it the way they are billions and billions of dollars into wind and solar? Because there's nothing in it for them. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's a sad right. situation because it is a wave of the future, but our government as it stands now, they they – not only are they afraid of the past, like the coal industry, but they're afraid of the future. Well, you they, know, they want things the way they want it, lives and all. And and they're, I, I think they're bound and determined to get their way. And their mm-hmm. way isn't going to be something that they can't reap the benefit of, like you said. So Right. They need to make a monetary gain off of it, and they cannot off of something like this. Bernie Sanders is in the news. He thinks he knows why Kristen Cinema left the left. Bernie Sanders is a dinosaur that needs to be put out to pasture. But anyway, what he feels about Kristen Cinema is that she's a corporate Democrat, and along with Joe Manchin, just is working now to sabotage important what they consider important legislation. You know, I, part of what Bernie says, I think he's probably right on, and part of it, I think he's way off on. You know, Cinema voted with the Democrats a little over ninety percent of the time, so you, you know she's not the the big thorn in their side that they're trying to make her out to be now that she's left. They were perfectly happy to have her there uh, while she was there as a Democrat. The other part of what Bernie is saying is that it probably has a lot to do with the politics of the state of Arizona uh, in that she wants to continue to be 
a member of the Senate, and as a Democrat looking ahead towards 2024, he doesn't think she has much of a chance of being reelected as a Democrat, and she might believe, according to him, that she stands a better chance of being reelected if she's an independent. Right, and and on occasion, independents do get elected. However, she has voted on some key legislation that was proposed by the Republicans. Not a lot, but she has done it. The problem with cinema is she's still going to caucus with the Democrats in the Senate, which right. basically means the demographics of the Senate are not going to change. She she would have to actually caucus with the Republicans or strongly just caucus with you want, but vote against them. My hope with Kristen Cinema is that it gives Joe Manchin a kick in the butt to also turn into an independent. Well, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Joe Manchin <laughs> isn't going anywhere. Well, this is something that you and I disagree with. Um, I think eventually, especially with the blowback he's getting in his home state of West Virginia over the Biden's comment about closing all the coal mines in the country, I think if there was ever a point in time that he might consider becoming an independent, I think this is it. I agree. He'll never get reelected if he doesn't do something. I agree that if there's a time for it, this would be it. But I don't think he's going to do it. I really strongly don't think he's going to do it. And I question whether or not he's even going to run again. I think he will because of some comments he's made. I think he is going to run again. Um, He's got an opponent. A Republican opponent. A Republican opponent, but the guy is not known. Not yet, but he's got a couple no. of years to get his name out there. Not enough. I, not I, enough. I, I don't see this guy mounting a very strong um, you know, campaign right now. That could change, and a lot depends on what Joe Manchin decides to do. But exactly, you know this uh, this thing with Bernie Sanders and Kristen Cinema. He he's right on some points. I think he's wrong on other points. You know, and like you said, Diane, he's a dinosaur, and he needs to go. Yeah, that whole that whole group of them, from Pelosi to Sanders to that group, and there's nothing against older people and being in the Senate, but there comes a time you have to know. You need to step down and let the next generation take over. That's just the natural progression of things. But for some reason, they do not want to do it. They don't want to give up their power and their money. Well, and and in Bernie Sanders' case, you know, he's a confirmed socialist. um, Mm -hmm. and, And he thinks there's room for socialism in America, and he's not going to give it up lightly. Right. I agree. He's not. I mean, that's just the way it is. Now, speaking of uh, cinema, she is one of the main people, the key people in this backdoor amnesty bill uh, that's working its way through. And this thing is atrocious. Now, if you read the main part of the bill, you're probably not going to see, you know, the, the... 
the real down and dirty nitty gritty of it, but if you read the fine print, this thing is atrocious. Yeah. First of all, you don't grant amnesty to anyone with the moniker illegal. Illegal means you have committed a crime against this country, against our laws. Why are you giving them a free pass when they're basically criminals? They're illegals, which makes them criminals. Constitution does not say we have to cater to or allow to become citizens, those who enter our country as criminals. So this bill actually goes against our Constitution. Well, and how many millions of people are they talking about here? It's a bunch. I believe it's two or three million, including the dreamers and all that. I mean, and and you know, you know that by the time this thing is all said and done, it's going to be more than two million. Right, because they're underinflating the amount of illegals in the country as it is. Well, and there's there's so many more pouring in all the time. In fact, uh, there's a couple of big caravans that are coming up uh, trying to get across before Title 42 uh, comes to an end, which ends on the 21st of this month. And, and once that ends, then it's a free-for-all. You know, Craig, if you've seen some of the pictures recently, it's already a free-for-all. They're just pouring across the border. It's not even really being patrolled anymore because we can't stop it. In fact, today, I believe it was Ducey in Arizona announced he is taking um, FEMA, FEMA shelters and stacking them up as a wall. Yeah, and, and the liberals down there are P.O.'d. Yeah, well, tough on them. Well, but I mean, that's only going to work for a couple of months because come January, he's out of office. That's true. Who? Oh, Arizona? Oh, Arizona Hobbs. Hobbs. Oh, yeah, the, dear. The Hobbit. Yeah, oh, dear. Unless Carrie Lake's lawsuit can actually do something. I don't see that. Neither do I. You know, coming coming through to a good conclusion. Um, not not because it lacks merit, but because the liberals will say it lacks merit. Oh well, of course they say anything yeah. we do lacks merit. You know, now it, that opens up yet another interesting possibility. Okay. Um, Carrie Lake losing the governorship. Could she run for the Senate? the next time around maybe of course she could why not you know i i kind of expect that she will yeah yeah but but you know what you gotta see what happens because she is trump backed 100 percent, and we don't know what's going to happen as far as the nomination trump could either be the best thing ever right for her or he could be the downfall of her if he does not get the nomination. Yeah, in that case, he becomes the albatross. Right. You know, so... so. It's too soon to really say anything about that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you got you got to look ahead and you got to speculate, and that's what we do. Um, right. You know, and, and I wouldn't put a pastor to make a run uh, no, for the Senate. Not. But we'll just have to see how that works out. Finally, in the quick hitters tonight, Kevin McCarthy, even though he's not 
the Speaker of the House, at least not yet. And he's got challengers, and he's got people that don't want him to be the Speaker of the House. But he says that if he becomes the Speaker of the House, he will subpoena those 51 intel officers that all signed a letter that said the Hunter Biden laptop story was nothing but Russian disinformation. He will send them subpoenas and haul them before House hearings. He, you know, we hold the House now, but we hold the House only by nine votes. That's the final count. We have a multitude of rhinos in the House as well as in the Senate. He can subpoena all he wants, but if a certain number of them vote against him, it's gone nowhere. We don't have a big enough majority to cancel out the rhinos. It's going to be an interesting situation when it comes down to it, because those 51 former intel officers, and that includes people like James Clapper and mm-hmm. John Brennan and, and, and those, that ilk, those right. people all signed on to a letter that swore up and down that the Hunter Biden laptop story was nothing but Russian disinformation. It wasn't real. There's no merit to it. And, you know, they they put the weight of their former offices behind them, and it turns out they were 100% wrong uh, in what they signed on to. Now the question becomes, who told them to sign on to it? But the bottom line in all this, let's say they prove their case, and it turns out... It's Biden and I also believe Obama involved. His hand is in everything. Okay, let's say they prove their case. What happens then? Oh, nothing. Nothing. I mean, mean, let's be honest. Nothing. Nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens. Now, if we had control of the Senate, you're talking about a different story. But we don't. You know, the difference is... We, we will at least know the truth. We will at least be getting to the truth. Um, and, and people we will be better. Truth. Well, but, but you know, having those hearings and being able to prove it in a hearing and, and putting these people under oath, uh, you know, let's see how many of them start coughing up other people's names. You know, you know it's all part of informing the, the populace. The line putting them under oath. Yeah, that sounds all altruistic and well and and fine. But do you think that these people, the kind of people that can do what they did to President Trump, really care about gold? No, no. No. And I'm as quick to answer that as I was to say nothing will happen. Again, you know, but but here's the deal. You know, we can't do anything now. We can get them under oath. We can get their testimony. We can have them swear their testimony. I guarantee you that there is going to be corroborating evidence from other sources, not just them, that shows that that this was all a put-up deal and our government was involved in it. But we hope is that in 2024, not only do we hold and expand our grip on the House, but that we take the Senate and the White House, at which point Maybe something can be done. And I guarantee you it's going to take a full two years to run through all of the investigations that need to be done. Absolutely. And millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars. We're going to be sitting through hours and days and weeks of mindless TV again, watching all of this. 
But if they're not prosecuted, what good does it do? Oh, come on, Diane. You need a new hobby anyway. (laughs) You don't have a life. You can sit in front of the TV for countless hours. Come on. No, No, I can't. I watch very little TV, as a matter of fact. But because the news is, I mean, even Fox News has gone you know, totally ridiculous with their fair and balanced crap. Um, there's no such thing as fair and balanced with this government right now. Maybe Elon Musk will be the savior of of this type of thing. It's just, I'm tired of the wasting of the time with no solution. Well, I... I- Personally, from my standpoint, in the minute or so we have left here, I would be happy to see these types of hearings take place, get the truth out there, and then take it from there. You know, it's it's time the truth comes out. It's time it comes out in public. Uh, Elon Musk is certainly helping that. I will talk about that coming up in about uh, 30 minutes from now. And, you know, the cooperating evidence is out there. Let's bring it all to the forefront uh, and, and see what the people think once all of this stuff comes out. Do you think, do you really think the left side is going to care? No, they're not. We already know the truth. We've well, known it quite a while. Right. And they've called us conspiracy theorists for quite a while. But now we are being vindicated. And I will take the vindication. And the vindication is well and fine on paper, as they say, but unless there are applications to the vindication, I've gotten cynical because nothing has been done. No, you've gotten cynical. I hadn't noticed. (laughs) You know, folks, you're listening to a woman who thinks the microwave takes too long. (laughs) (laughs) we have made it he's making that up folks (laughs) we have made it to the bottom of the hour it's time to take a, a short break get a couple of station ids in about 30 minutes from now i'm talking about the tyranny of the twitterati but when we come back from this bottom of the hour break diane's got it with in defense of the constitution stay with us there's more right side patriots after this You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sorey. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. 
On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of the show, just go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, this show and all the others will be right there. Now, as we went to break, I made some snarky comment about Diane thinking the microwave is too slow. She corrected me during the break and said all she wants is a food replicator like they have on Star Trek, so she tells it what she wants and it comes out. <laughs> I'm a futurist, folks. <laughs> Diane has no time for the present. No. <laughs> no patience for the present whatsoever. All right, Diane. So uh, a little over a week ago, uh, President Trump uh, put out uh, a truth. That's what he calls it on his right. own site, a truth. And uh, a lot of people, including myself and you, uh took a certain amount of umbrage at what he said, uh, which drew some scorn from people that that don't like any criticism of President Trump. But you and I said from, from day one, if there is something that needs to be brought out and criticized, we were going to be the ones to do it, and we have. And yes. you have put together a great op-ed, because I've read it, in defense of the Constitution. Okay, and let's start by saying Article 2, Section 1, Clause 8 of the U.S. Constitution states that before a newly elected president enters the execution of his office, he shall take this oath or affirmation. Quote, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, end quote. On December 3rd, 2022, at 7.44 a.m., former President Donald J. Trump posted these words on his media platform, Truth Social, and I quote, So with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections, end quote. 
And so a still ongoing war of words began, words both in defense of President Trump's statement as well as words condemning said statement. And while I freely admit to belonging to the latter group, especially when two days later Trump posted that he never said what he said, thus making many of us out to be liars, know that I not only supported President Trump in both 2016 and 2022, but that, uh, 2020 I should say, but that I would do so again if he were to garner the Republican nomination. Also know that I thought President Trump did a magnificent job on the national front, the economic front, and on the foreign policy front, even while at times he was brash and rude, actions which I chalked up to his not being a politician per se, but a true American patriot bar none. And in regards to today's politicians and political parties, we know that partisan politics remains the overwhelming order of the day when loyalty is concerned, when in fact it shouldn't be. Our political loyalty should never lie with one man or one woman alone, nor with straight party line ideologies per se. For above all else, our loyalty should first and foremost lie with the Constitution, the very document that is the law of our great republic. And without laws, without us honoring and following said laws as put down in the Constitution, we become a nation riddled with overly manipulated, counterproductive, blind-following victims of whichever party is in charge of the political mob on any given day. Simply, our Constitution was designed to place our country above such pettiness while guaranteeing us individual rights and freedoms, and along with the Magna Carta, also known as the Great Charter, is the greatest of all legal documents ever written. And while the Magna Carta declared the sovereign, as in the individual, to be subject to the rule of law, Craig, it clearly laid out the liberties that were to be held by, quote, free men, which in turn laid the foundation for the collective of individual rights and freedoms in what became known as Anglo-American jurisprudence you know several years ago i had the occasion to gaze upon the only original draft of the magna carta not in a museum Mm -hmm. and and it was one of those moments i'll never forget because to to look upon that and realize the significance of that and you know in connection to the significance of our own uh, constitution was amazing now, the Magna Carta laid out some very specific rules and, and very specific ideals. But didn't the Constitution kind of pick up where the Magna Carta left off? Absolutely. And where the Magna Carta left off, especially in regards to individual rights and freedoms, our Constitution and Bill of Rights picked up, including but not limited to our freedom from unlawful searches and seizures, the right to a speedy trial, the right to a jury trial, along with the writ of habeas corpus. And it's habeas corpus alone which affords those detained protection against the loss of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, which is the basis regarding the concept of higher law, as in law that cannot be altered by executive mandate, meaning executive order, nor by legislative acts, 
In fact, this very concept was taken to heart by our founders and framers, so much so that it is embedded in Article 6, Clause 2, the Supremacy Clause, as in the, quote, Supreme Law of the Land, and is enforced by the Supreme Court. Taking priority over any and all conflicting state laws, this means that state courts and state constitutions are themselves subordinate to the supreme law of our Constitution. In other words, legally, the Constitution is above all else and should not be defamed, dishonored, nor be made a mockery of by those in the body politics. The Constitution should be followed as written, thus rendering individual interpretations, but wishful thinking of the disgruntled. And while throughout America's history some have tried to bend the Constitution's words in such a way as to meet their or their party's political agenda, no, that has rarely been successful. In fact, at times it has served to divide the very party it was trying to uh, unite. Such is the case with President Trump, who just a few weeks ago announced his third run for office, which Craig would have been a great thing if only he had not followed up said announcement with what is unbecoming, unnecessarily, and and utterly undivisive rhetoric. I should say utterly divisive rhetoric. Sorry, I'm having a little pop out on the screen here. You know, that happens from time to time. The the modern miracle of computers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, President Trump said what he said on on his social media uh, server, uh, The Truth. And as always, there's a cast of bad actors when it comes to uh, some of the things that are most distastefully said about our Constitution. Um, You know, I guess you could call them the usual suspects. Yeah. And well... Let's put it this way. Before I discuss President Trump's words and his possible but hopefully not true motives, no two other past presidents come to mind regarding issuance with the Constitution. First, of course, is Barack Hussein Obama, the one who sticks in my craw the most. Remember back to September 6, 2001, when in a panel discussion on slavery and the Constitution that aired on Chicago's WBEZ-FM radio, how then-candidate Obama described the Constitution as having, quote, deep flaws, and that our country's founders had, quote, an enormous blind spot when writing it adding that the Constitution, quote, reflected the fundamental flaw of this country that continues to this day. What Obama did was turn the Constitution into but a thesis on race relations during colonial times, ignoring the fact that the U.S. Constitution is based upon human nature and natural law, things that do not change over time. And while ignorance at times can be bliss, Obama's words spoken that day helped to set the stage for what became his future race-based endeavors, including his turning the fight for equality into but reparations based on equity, as witnessed by his flawed policies and laws passed courtesy of Democrat party-line votes. 
Now remember when on September 24, 2014, then President Obama spoke before the UN General Assembly and stated that, quote, on issue after issue, we cannot rely on a rule book written for a different century, end quote, in reference to our Constitution regarding his initiating a war in Syria where he took it upon himself to bomb ISIS without constitutional approval of Congress. Ignoring the fact that the power to declare war is clearly described in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, we saw Obama executing war as commander-in-chief, which is his right. But, Craig, without the funding limitations for war that the House alone can impose, thus showing a total lack of respect for the Constitution, the very document he swore by oath to, quote, preserve, protect, and defend. You know, Obama being Obama and claiming to be such a constitutional scholar, he full well knows that when Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, he tried to get rid of slavery at that point. It was Mm -hmm. the southern states that wouldn't have any of it. So to say there's a blind spot uh, in how our founders and framers handled the writing of the greatest documents on earth is simply a lie. But before... President Obama uttered his disgusting words. There was yet another president, and I mean long before Obama was even a glint uh, in whoever his father's eyes were. Uh, There was another president who is a very highly regarded president who also had issues with constitutionality. Right, and when you think about that, um, you have to... uh think of Republican President Theodore Roosevelt, when in an attempted third run at the White House, he criticized the decisions rendered by the Supreme Court that struck down what were so-called populist attempts to regulate businesses, including a law establishing maximum work hours for bakers that he considered unconstitutional. And by his saying in 2012 that the high court had made the, quote, Constitution a means of thwarting instead of securing the absolute right of the people to rule themselves, Roosevelt also took issue with the, quote, peculiar function of the American judge and the function of declaring whether or not the people have the right to make laws for themselves, end quote. Roosevelt staunchly believed that the ultimate power belongs solely with the people and not with the Constitution per se. In fact, he even proposed the popular recall of judges and their decisions, saying that doing so is the, quote, highest and wisest kind of conservatism. Simply, it was not then, nor is it conservatism now, in any way, shape, or form, for what Roosevelt proposed bordered on mob rule. By the way, Theodore Roosevelt, who also used nasty and insulting nicknames to describe his opponents, lost his third attempt at becoming president after he basically ignored the fact that America is indeed a nation of laws. Maybe President Trump should seriously consider what happened to Roosevelt instead of even alluding to the Constitution being terminated. Now, remember when I earlier spoke about motives in regards to those who question the Constitution being the law of our land? Motives in two of the cases which are quite easy to define. For Obama, 
his hatred of America and his call for her fundamental transformation translated into his want for socialism to become America's new norm. Socialism where the government controls every aspect of one's life. Socialism where everyone except the now ruling class exists equally at the bottom rung of the socio-economic ladder. Most ignored the obvious regarding Obama and America elected him twice, thus setting the stage for the nightmare that would become Joe Biden. And as for Teddy Roosevelt, he was, by his own dubbing, a progressive, but not in the same vein as today's uber-progressive left, for Roosevelt tried to do what he believed to be in the best interest of our country, and in most cases, he succeeded. However, President Trump's words regarding, quote, the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, crosses the infamous red line in regards to the Constitution. And while some claim that is, that is not what Trump meant, and that I and others are interpreting his words wrong, I believe I am interpreting them just right. For the word termination by definition simply means the process of having brought something to an end. And in this case, Craig, that end is the law that is the Constitution. And while his motive in doing so is to invalidate what clearly was a fraud-ridden election, Trump forgets that nowhere does the Constitution speak of or even allude to election fraud. So the founders and framers, being men of deep foresight and reasonable standards, uh, how did they uh, write it down as to how our elections were to be handled? Who did they give what powers to and who did they not give certain powers to? Okay, first let me start by saying that President Trump should have known this. Thus, he should not have brought the Constitution up in his written discourse. He and we know that VP Mike Pence should have stopped the certifying from going forward. Oh, sorry, folks, I got to go back a paragraph here. I had to pop out again. Simply, the laws and processes in relation to our national elections see state and local laws governing the administration of presidential elections, with the Constitution focusing solely on ensuring election stability, meaning that there are no, I repeat, no constitutional procedures for how to address or handle questions of election legitimacy, let alone fraud. However, our founders and framers did give the Electoral College broad discretion to resolve disputes as it saw fit, with the Constitution stating that an election is deemed legitimate when the Electoral College says it is. There is no process for a do-over in regards to presidential election, even one we all know was riddled with fraud. President Trump should know this, thus he should not have brought the Constitution up in his written discourse. He and we know that VP Mike Pence should have stopped the certifying from going forward, but didn't. Thus Pence is as much, if not more so, to blame for Joe Biden being president than those who sanctioned, committed, and certified what knowingly were fraudulent tabulation results. Trump should address his anger at Mike Pence, not at the very document he took an oath to preserve 
protect and defend, nor should social medias now deemed only Trumpers be taking potshots at we who both defend the Constitution and want another Republican to head the 2024 presidential ticket. And they do so no matter our saying that we will support and vote for Trump should he get the nomination. Simply, the only Trumpers are now as much a danger to our republic as are the never-Trumpers, for both groups, whether knowingly or unknowingly, are helping Trump divide the Republican Party so that no Republican will win the presidency in 2024. With words, insults, and accusations lobbed, these folks are trying to cancel out fellow Republicans and conservatives in defense of a man who cannot win in 2024 unless he lets 2020 go for a platform based on vengeance is not what America needs or wants. Making America great again is case closed. You know, you and I both took a lot of flack when we initially came out against President Trump's words with regard to Mm -hmm. terminating rules and regulations of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. No real conservative wants that. No real conservative. Uh, You and I jumped on that fast and hard, and we took a lot of flack. Now, did you get the same amount of flack for this op-ed once you published it this morning? No. No. When I published it this morning, everything seemed to change because I grabbed from Truth Social the Trump certified, dated, stamped by, you know, Twitter that these are real posts side by side the post where he called the con- for the constitution uh, constitution to be terminated and the post two days later well that's not really what i meant but i said it you know he mi- he admitted he said it but it's it's not what he said it, it it was the usual you know um subterfuge right it was backpedaling they are here side by side for everybody to see and being that I told the truth, he said what he said, I did not appreciate being alluded to as a liar. Right. Now, I put it, you know, I didn't have the the second one, uh, the one, you know, uh, a couple of days later, um, at my disposal, obviously, the the day the original uh, truth statement came out. It came out uh, two days later. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And I put up the original, and... Everybody, oh, that's not what he meant, and you know it. Well, you know, for four years, I and and they, those that were screaming and yelling at me, uh, we always said President Trump says what he means and means what he says. So, you know, if if you're going to believe that for four years, then you have to believe he meant what he said. But, Diane, one of the most interesting things, and you've got both of these uh, truth uh, posts side up, by side, side by side. Uh, folks are they're pretty small, but if you click on them, they blow up. They're big. Okay, so you can read them. And they're very clear. And one of the most interesting parts of this is the number of reposts and likes each one of them yes. got after ten hours on the first one and twenty hours on the second one. Right on the first one, he got. Um a bit over 15,000 reposts and a bit over 42,000 likes. However, two days later, 
on his second one, he got four, uh, over 14,000 reposts, only 45,000 likes. Now, let me ask you this, because I'm not on Truth Social. Is that right. an average? Is that kind of where he's at with likes and reposts normally? Not normally, not at all. Okay, so what I mean, I'm guessing the normal amount of reposts and likes is quite a bit higher, correct? Yes, it is. So, yes, what does is. that tell us when we look at this and see 15,055 reposts on his initial uh, thing about termination of all rules, regulations, and articles in the Constitution and only 42,342 likes? What does that tell us? Tell, tells us that a lot of his supporters and people who will still vote for him did not like what he said. You don't defame the Constitution, especially when you have recently announced that you're running for president and take an oath to swear, preserve, and protect the very document now you're saying should be terminated. So the first the first truth post came out on December 3rd. The second one came out on December 5th, two days later. Mm-hmm. And again, a similar number, 14,654 reposts, 45,245 likes. Again, way lower than what anything he would normally post would get. Yeah. Yeah, and and that just shows. But remember, we're dealing with a limited time frame here. I can go back on Truth Social and find out what they are today, but they're not in the millions like well, many times they are. But Absolutely but most, not. Isn't it true that most of the people on Truth Social, when Donald Trump puts something out, they jump all over it, click like, and, until their, their fingers are blue? Yeah. When I see something that he posts and I like, not only do I click like, but I retruth it. Right. So because I'm not saying I'm not saying that Trump is wrong in what he's feeling. I'm saying don't bring the constitution into an area that the constitution does not cover. Yes, I even admitted in my piece there was massive fraud. We know there was massive fraud. Right. Yes, something has to change regarding the massive fraud. But don't say the Constitution has to be changed because the Constitution mentions nothing about fraud. Well, and there was a lot of people when I put up the initial thing that I put up uh, on December 3rd, there was a lot of people that came out and said, well, he's talking about amending the Constitution. He Nowhere in that post does he say the word amend the exactly. Constitution. Nowhere. And that is the way you change the Constitution, is you have a constitutional amendment. Exactly. Exactly. And he did not do that. He he should have said the word amend, and then everything would be fine. But he talked about terminating the Constitution yeah. because he didn't like the re- election results. Guess what? We didn't like the re- election results either. The way to change those results is get documented proof that fraud was committed, bring it before the Supreme Court, and let the Supreme Court make the decision. He didn't give that option. No, he sure didn't. And and terminating either part or all of the Constitution is exactly what liberals want to do, not what conservatives want to do. 
Exactly. Did he, you know, I'm sure now he's like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have said that. As proved by the December 5th post, he he kind of um, regrets what he said. and And I can understand that. But you said it. And when 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 all your diehard Trump and no one else supporters came out and attacked me, you and others who agreed with what we said, that was 100 percent wrong. If Trump, what he should do, apologize for his words, he could say, I said it in the heat of passion. No, I never would con- even think of terminating the Constitution. And I apologize. I mean, that's all he has to do. But that's not Trump. That's not Trump, and he's not done it. Folks, it's a great op-ed, and if you want the truth of it, you got to go there. That there is Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or you can go to rspradio1.com. Either place, you can pick up the link and please share it everywhere. It's under the title, In Defense of the Constitution. Folks, we've hit the top of the hour. That means we got to take another quick break. And when we come back, I'm talking about the tyranny of the Twitterati. Stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. Hey guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori, right over there at the Patriot Factor. It's the Tuesday night edition of the show being pre-recorded on a Monday afternoon due to heavy blizzard concerns in the upper Midwest. And what's funny is you have those concerns 
and my screen was popping out during uh, during sidewalk repairs. They they I guess they jiggled lines or something underground with the um, um, jackhammers as they take out the old sidewalks and things. Beautiful weather, not a cloud in the sky. And I'm the one with the computer issue. Yeah, wouldn't that be the shits if we're doing this thing a day early to avoid the possible blizzard yeah. at my end and we get knocked off the air at your end by somebody with a jackhammer? Yeah, that's why I lost my place towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Folks, look, if you miss any part of the show, you just go to rspradio1.com. Tomorrow, the entire show come hell or high water or blizzard or dark of night, whatever keeps the uh, the Postal Service from their appointed rounds. Uh, the whole show will be there at rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. Click the podcast button. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, maybe, maybe, folks, you haven't heard, but there's some stuff going on with Twitter and Elon Musk recently. It's been a very, very hush-hush deal. Nobody knows about it. Uh, It's probably the biggest thing you're not hearing on mainstream media. I mean, if if, if you get right down to it. So I decided to take on the tyranny of the Twitterati. And for the last couple of weeks now, Elon Musk has opened up the floodgates of the liberal hell that was Twitter by dumping their innermost secrets into the public square. It's been too long in coming. It is exactly what we thought it was, and it has only just begun. What we thought it was was a massive effort to suppress the conversation, keeping out of the public square topics and conversations that would shed the light of truth on the tactics of the liberal elites. Twitter existed to propagandize the information disseminated to the public square and sterilize any attempt to get the truth into that conversation. Propaganda is so much more than inventing false information. It is also, and just as importantly, the act of silencing the critics. With regard to the Hunter Biden laptop story, It was to the advantage of the liberal elite and to the direct advantage of Joe Biden to squash the truth. Joe Biden is compromised. There can be no question about that now. Thanks to Elon Musk dumping the truth, we now have the details, and those details paint a bleak picture for Joe Biden's future. Before he occupied the Oval Office as a candidate, his campaign and the DNC conspired with Twitter to disallow the truth regarding Hunter's laptop from ever being shared on the Twitter platform. After that election, the arrogance of both aforementioned parties meant they could continue the practice from inside Pennsylvania Avenue to censor people's freedom of speech. That is illegal, and everybody knows it. Diane, every time the Biden administration or the DNC wanted to cover up the truth, they would contact Twitter, tell the Twitterati what they wanted censored, and the Twitterati would fire off a return email stating, Handled. Yeah, but isn't it uh, quite interesting that their call basically for what is abject uh, censorship 
strictly went across the board, even to other platforms. Well, yeah, trust me when I tell you that the exact same thing has been taking place between the Biden campaign, the Biden administration, and the DNC every time they wanted something censored or kept from the public square on Facebook, Google, YouTube, and just about any other social media platform you can name. When Parler came along, unable to find a willing accomplice to do their bidding internally, the aforementioned cast of usual suspects simply had Apple deplatform Parler's app from their store and poof, handled. But it didn't stop there, did it? You can bet your last dollar that the Biden regime and the DNC also had daily conversations or sent out daily marching orders replete with talking points to the whole of the mainstream media so as to effectively repress, suppress, and censor the information allowed into the public domain. Obviously, it's nothing new. Liberals in control have been using the mainstream media as their own personal tool to push their agenda for decades, but recently... Due to arrogance and a bunch of nutless wonders masquerading as Republicans in Congress, nothing has been done to stop the practice. Well, that's all changed now that Elon Musk has assumed command of what has become the main cog in the arena of public debate. There is bound to be a downstream effect as other social media platforms and the mainstream media know the jig is up. What Musk has done over the past couple of weeks won't stop other liberal propaganda entities dead in their tracks, but now that everybody knows the truth and realizes how widespread and how deep that truth goes, fewer and fewer people will be willing to take the liberal propagandist's word for anything. But Diane, honestly, it wasn't just the Hunter Biden laptop story either, was it? No, it wasn't. There's other stories that could be opened up, you know, in the media. And also, I know a certain person with the first name Mark who Mm. needs to be looked into quite a bit. Well, I would agree. And listen, if we could pry open the files at Google, Facebook, YouTube, and others, if we could pry open the files at ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, and MSNBC, we would find more of the same, and we know this, because Mark Zuckerberg over at Facebook already let that rancid cat out of the bag, admitting that he and his Facebook team were in regular contact with the FBI regarding that Hunter Biden laptop story. That means the FBI, a government entity, was also a key player in censoring people's right to freedom of speech. But They were not alone. Remember, 51 former Intel agency heads and key figures also claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop was nothing but Russian disinformation. Now, from where do you suppose they got their marching orders? The Hunter Biden laptop story, the peaceful protests during the summer of love, the predetermined outcome of the trial against the cops involved in the George Floyd mess, and the fact that George Floyd really didn't die from a knee on the neck, but of a narcotic cocktail overdose. 
Black Lives Matter and their collusion with Antifa, the BLM, misappropriation of funds, COVID-19 truths, vaccine truths, Fauci's lies, the truth regarding Jeffrey Epstein and Christine uh, Gislaine Maxwell, I should say. And the list just goes on and on. Those who tried posting the truth regarding any of those stories were shadow banned, silenced, or removed from platforms when they just wouldn't shut up. How about the truth regarding the 2020 election? How about the truth regarding January 6th? How about the truth regarding just about anything that would expose the liberal elites and their machine as liars and anti-American? All of it covered up, propagandized, and censored by the liberal machine up to and including Joe Biden and his regime. Diane With those of us who knew the truth, or I should say, while those of us who knew the truth were trying to get that truth out there, we were being called conspiracy theorists by social media and the mainstream media operatives. And if you and I and so many others did not voluntarily shut the hell up, we were canceled by social and mainstream operatives. Wow. I can attest to being one of those canceled. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> really? And I'm proud to wear that badge. You, you um, didn't. You, you, other people, you, people you, of name that have had that happen to them as well. Well, there are, but you didn't think I had you in mind when I wrote that? I know you did. Eight <laughs> times in Facebook jail. Ah, that's some kind of record. It that's, has to be. <laughs> it's got to be. Look, ask Mike Lindell. His investigation didn't fit the liberal narrative, and he and his business got canceled. Ask Rudy Giuliani. He had the real story on that laptop, and the dirt would have implicated Joe Biden as well as having the dirt on the stolen 2020 election. But he got canceled. (coughs) Excuse me. Ask President Trump, for the love of God. The minute he went to Twitter to call for calm on January 6th, he was deplatformed, because telling people to remain calm, to go home, did not in, and not engage in violence was completely against the liberal narrative necessary to once again launch a fraudulent investigation in and the attempt to Trump keep Trump from running again in 2024. But that censorship and manipulation of stories and the truth were not just relegated to the political entities like Trump and Giuliani. Ask Nicholas Sandman how censorship and manipulation of his story by social media and the mainstream media was meant to demonize him and anyone who had the courage to stand up for him. Ask Kyle Rittenhouse how the censorship and manipulation of his story nearly cost him his freedom and how trying to get the truth into the public square affected those who stood up for him. And what about Miguel Almaguar? He was the NBC reporter who delivered a report regarding Paul Pelosi that did not fit the narrative approved by the liberal elites, yet it was probably closer to the truth than anything we've heard. Quote, After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back in to the foyer toward the assailant away from the police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured 
or what his mental state was, say sources, unquote. That was November 4th. The report was taken down, and he has since been suspended. How do we know that Al McGuire's report was probably more truthful than the liberal elite narrative? Because according to the Department of Justice, that's Biden regime's Mike Garland, Mark Garland, Merrick Garland, I'm sorry, the police opened the door that night, but regarding those who have seen the police body cam footage, it was Paul Pelosi himself who opened the door for the police. And while you're at it, ask the parents who've been attending school board meetings how the censorship and manipulation of their stories have affected them, have affected their children, their families, and their supporters. Ask them what it's been like to be labeled as domestic terrorists by the heads of social media, the talking heads of the mainstream media, and by the U.S. Department of Justice at the behest of the Biden regime. Diane, remember the Twitter files currently being exposed by Elon Musk are just the beginning. Well, there's something very interesting about his expose of the Twitter files, And it has to do with the Constitution itself and a specific amendment, doesn't it? Well, it does. Question based on what we suspected for so long and the evidence of it that we now have. Shouldn't there be a legal consequence for those who, on marching orders from the liberal elite and government entities, all the way up to and including Joe Biden, for the ceremonial tarring and feathering of any member of the public who was doing nothing more than what the First Amendment stipulates, Congress shall make no law regarding an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. That one amendment spells out five absolute rights. The freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom of the press, the right to peaceably assemble, and the right to petition the government for redress. And our founders and framers were so concerned about the right of freedom of speech that they included it in the First Amendment. So the question before us becomes, what do we do about it? Well, One key component of the legal minefield is Section 230, which provides immunity to online platforms from civil liability based on third-party content as well as immunity for removal of content in certain circumstances. That's all well and good for publishers, but in reality, social media is not the publisher. They're a platform. Repeal or amending Section 230 is a good place to start, as under Section 230, social media platforms have been given the authority to become the propagandists and censors they are today. Removing such protections would allow the general public recourse to legally go after 
those whose primary function over the past several years has been to sway the public square by censoring those who offer a take on given topics that isn't in line with the liberal agenda or narrative. Another legal remedy would be to make it illegal to use cyber tools meant to catch the ilk of child pornographers for anything but the intended purpose, rather than using such tools to go after political critics. But don't stop there. Get rid of the CISA. That is the government agency in charge of censoring people, which, if you read the First Amendment, is illegal. How bad is the CISA? Well, when Elon Musk fired Twitter's head of censorship, Vijaya Gotti, she immediately was appointed by Joe Biden to an advisory role in the CISA. Consider that a reward for a job well done in censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story and anyone who tried to post about it on Twitter. Diane, I'm telling you, as I have said, the release of the Twitter files is only the beginning, and it's becoming clear that I'm not the only one who sees that particular handwriting on the wall. Since the release of the first round of the Twitter files, one thing has become abundantly clear. Liberals are in meltdown mode, but it's not because they're the ones being suppressed. It's because the rest of us can now speak freely on Twitter. Well, didn't one of our past presidents have a very interesting thing to say about the right to speak freely? Well, I, I, I assume you're talking about Thomas Jefferson? Yes, I am. Not only a former president, but the author of the Declaration of Independence. Exactly. He said a well-formed citizenry is the best defense against tyranny. See, what the liberals fear is that steps will be taken not only to hold those responsible for past censorship accountable, they also fear that going forward, their ability to propagandize any given story with impunity simply will not exist. Remember, the two greatest threats to tyranny are an armed populace and freedom of speech. That is a big fear of the left. They need to do away with our freedom of speech in order to control us. We have to fight back that that never happens. Well, you, you look at what's going on in this country. Okay, the two biggest things they want to do away with is our freedom of speech and our right to own a gun. Exactly. If they can shut us up and keep us from fighting back, they've got us right where they want us. Mm-hmm. You know? And, but the problem is, as far as armed citizenry, we outnumber them. Well, we do. And that's the plus, and I think that's they know it, and that's the only thing that has really stopped them from really coming for our guns. Well, and they're also controlling our ammunition supply. Don't forget that. That's true. You that's know, true. Um, folks, if you go to my blog, thenationalpatriot.com, uh, you can get this article. This commentary, The Tyranny of the Twitterati, and in it, I have embedded three YouTube videos. One of them is Mark Zuckerberg literally admitting to Joe Rogan that the FBI came to Facebook and him 
and told them that the Hunter Biden laptop story was false information. It was a Russian disinformation campaign, and they should censor it. He admits it. Okay, this is how we know this is going on at all the other platforms. The other two videos I have in here deal with the Paul Pelosi mess, which we still don't have a full transparent accounting of. And we probably never will, because I'm sure they're burying that story so deep we'll never find it. Well, maybe Elon Musk will. You know, according to Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice, when the police got there, Paul Pelosi was unconscious. Mm -hmm. But according to the people that have actually seen the body cam footage, he was not unconscious. Paul Pelosi had the hammer in his hand. Paul Pelosi answered the door. Paul Pelosi let the police in. Paul Pelosi never tried to get out of the house, never tried to get away from the quote-unquote assailant. And in fact, when he opened the door for police, Paul Pelosi walked back into the foyer toward the eventual so-called assailant. And it also seems that uh, Paul Pelosi actually knew his assailant. I mean, now, you and I and, and so many other people are putting this information out there, right? Mm-hmm. And the mainstream media is calling us propagandists. They're calling right. us conspiracy theorists, okay? Right. You want to end the conspiracy theories? Release the damn body cam footage. Exactly. Release they it. everything. Absolutely. You know? But, but they, they can't. don't want the truth to get out there. Craig, because I have a feeling the truth ain't pretty for the Pelosi's. Exactly. And that's why they're propagandizing the story. That's why they're censoring any attempts to get the truth out there. Right. It's not just the Hunter Biden laptop story. It's COVID-19. It's the Paul Pelosi story. You name name the major story. You know, the, the Twitter dumps that have been going on for the last week and a half. Okay, Twitter files one, two, three, and four so far. So far. The the mainstream media has not done any coverage on those. And why? Because those Twitter files that are being released by Elon Musk implicate the mainstream media as being complicit in this. And in that mainstream media, Craig, I would guarantee you that all the major networks are in there. Every radio station is in there. They desperately needed Biden to be president, and they were going to stop at nothing to make sure he was. Uh, You're absolutely 100% correct. Okay, there there is no doubt about it. And we're going to get plenty more Twitter files to come because earlier today, Elon Musk teased the fact that when they're done delivering the goods on the Hunter Biden laptop cover-up, the next one is going to be on COVID-19. And Should you can, I send Elon Musk my 35 articles where I broke a lot of news and got, you know, banned, put down in the feed, the whole nine yards? Absolutely. I mean, the man could use some light reading, right? I know. You know, let him do a little bit of research. Look, here's the deal. We know now that the FBI was complicit. The FBI was going to Twitter before Elon Musk owned it, going to Facebook. Also, you know, and we know if they were going to those two, they were going to all of them. 
Exactly. They were going to every member of the mainstream media. I don't care if it's television, radio, newspapers, magazines. It doesn't matter. Right. They were going to all of them and dictating censorship of the story. 100% true. That is manipulation leading into the 2020 election. Right. Okay, and they had every every opportunity to do that leading into the 2022 uh, election. Elon Musk did not get his hands on Twitter soon enough to stop it from happening in 2022. But all those mainstream media and social media platforms are now peeing in their own pants because they know that they are getting exposed right along with Twitter. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Let's say Elon Musk was able to do this before the 2022 election. Do you think, knowing liberals like we know them, do you think any of it would have mattered? I think if he would have gotten his hands on Twitter substantially before the 2022 election, I think it could have mattered. I think you would have had, I think you would have had a lot of people in, in certain places, maybe Arizona, maybe Georgia, um, you know, certain, certain places, maybe even New York, uh, that would have looked at this and said, Oh my God, we've been following, we've been attached to the wrong party. Um, I, 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 there's no way to tell you can't prove a negative. There's no way of knowing. Right. But knowing liberals and knowing how they blind follow, I don't know how much an expose really would have changed minds. Would it have changed some minds? Yes, of course. Would it have changed enough minds to change the outcome of the election? And remember the fraud is also involved. In the 2022 midterms, I don't think it would have changed the outcome. Well, we do know, based on polling, that if the Hunter Biden laptop story had been out in October of 2020, that 16% of the people that voted for Biden, voted for Biden would not have voted for Biden. Thus, it would have shifted the election. I hope so, but you can't trust the polls either. You know, I'm just I'm just saying, based on polling, that's what we know. You know, so, I mean, take it for what it's worth. Look, right. Diane's op-ed is over at her blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com. My commentary is on my blog, thenationalpatriot.com. Go to both those blogs, grab up both those links, give them a read, and by all means, give them a share. Mm-hmm. Well, Diane, we've made it. You haven't been knocked off the air by jackhammers, and it has not yet started snowing here. So, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> But we have come to the end of the show. And uh, now remember, folks, we're going to be here on Friday. But after that, we're taking a couple of weeks off for Christmas. Yes. Family coming, friends coming. And we've done this. Since Craig and I have been partners, even we need a life. (laughs) That's right. So one more show to go for this year, and then it's break time for us. How about that? Yes. Yes. Time to say goodbye, Diane. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great rest of the week, folks. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.